Yo, 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 welcome back to Just Talking Sports. I'm your host, JT Noah, of course, man. And boy, oh boy, do we have a great one for you today. We're talking Super Bowl. And now I know it's not the usual radio show. It's more of the podcast format. But I've been busy and had some stuff to deal with. And so we getting you out this podcast for the Super Bowl because you know how big it is for this Sunday. This Sunday is a huge day with the Super Bowl. So we had to get you one out. Alrighty, boys. You know what it is. You got the Kansas City Chiefs, who are fourteen and three, going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, who are also fourteen and three. Very evenly matched team, record-wise, and honestly, with the quarterbacks and everything. We'll get into it, but they're very evenly matched throughout, as you'll see going on throughout the show. Let's start with some headlines going into this Super Bowl because you know there's always those headlines for the Super Bowl. Let's start with this one: Andy Reid playing against his former team. Yeah. Remember, folks, before the Chiefs, he was with the Eagles. He was with the Eagles for 14 seasons. That's correct. And he became the winningest coach in franchise history for the Eagles in that time with them. The other big news is, while we're on the coaching topic, is Nick Sirianni. And you're like, well, how's that happen? Well, when Andy Reid took the Kansas City job in 2012, guess what? He fired Nick Sirianni, who was the wide receiver coach at the time. So there's that headline that you didn't know. Or if you did, it's still there, and it's a huge headline for you. Now, the other one that's really big, like this is a super big one, is the Kelsey brothers. Okay, yeah, we get it. Jason Kelsey for the Eagles, who is the center. Travis Kelsey, who's the tight end for the Chiefs. Both of them have one Super Bowl ring already, but this is the one, the granddaddy of them all, the bragging rights one. You win this one, not only do you have the other uh, upper hand with the rings, because now you have one more than he does, but you also can say, I beat my brother in the Super Bowl. So there's that headline. Also, it's the first time two brothers are going to face each other in the Super Bowl. Now, we did have some coaches face each other that were brothers. You had the Harbaugh's, which was for the 49ers and the Ravens, but we haven't had players go up against each other that were brothers in the Super Bowl. Now, some other headlines and questions we have going for this game are, what what's the status and health for each quarterback? And I know we could talk about every player because every player going into this game is not healthy because it's obviously the last game of the season and of the whole season combined, even postseason. But here's the thing. Both quarterbacks are a little banged up, and those are the big babies that you want to keep pride and joy of. Those are the ones you want to keep wrapped in bubble wrap and everything. Now let's talk about Patrick Mahomes first. Patrick Mahomes has that sprained ankle. They keep saying it's getting better and better. And I mean, let's be real. He looked good against Cincinnati. Sure, there were some limitations, but he still was moving around and making throws off his foot. So there's that, and they say he's getting better and better. Now you move on to Jalen Hurts with his shoulder. And as much as we want to say, okay, he he hasn't been that bad with his shoulder. Here's the thing, guys. He hasn't been the same. His deep ball hasn't been as accurate, and he still looks unsettled in the pocket. So as much as we want to talk about, oh, the shoulder's not bothering him, I still believe there is something going on with his shoulder. Even when you run, you can see it happening. So I think there's more to his shoulder than they're letting on, and that's okay. You know it's going to happen, but how much will it affect him in the Super Bowl when they're actually playing a team that can actually get after the quarterback like the 49ers can, but also they can actually compete with this Eagles team. They haven't had to face anyone superior or hard like the Chiefs in the postseason. I know you can say what you want, but the Giants were not the Chiefs, and nor were the 49ers with Brock Purdy and Josh Josh Johnson out there. So let's get that out of the way right there. Now, another storyline that is emerging, and I think that 
could happen is this one. Could this be the last game for the offensive coordinator for, for the Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy, after this Sunday? Think about it, guys. We want to talk about it. We know he's not getting a head coaching job, but that's not the point. What the point could be is he takes an offensive coordinating job somewhere else. Washington, Tennessee, Carolina. He could take an offensive coordinating job somewhere else to prove himself that he doesn't need Andy Reid. I could so see it happening, and I honestly think he should do it because I think he deserves a head coaching gig somewhere down the line in the upcoming years, and I think to prove himself, he has to go somewhere else other than Kansas City. Another storyline that is emerging and happening is because of what happened last night at the NFL Honors where Patrick Mahomes won league MVP for the regular season. Mahomes can become the first person since 1999, which was Kurt Warner, who played for the Rams at the time, to win the regular season MVP and Super Bowl MVP in the same season. Yeah, it hasn't happened in the same season since 1999 where the league MVP wins the Super Bowl MVP and Patrick Mahomes is primed to do that, especially if the Kansas City Chiefs win this Super Bowl this year. So can can Mahomes become the first person since Kurt Warner in 1999 to do that feat? Now let's move on to some keys to this game. I'm telling you, man, this is going to be a fabulous game. I know we want to talk about the quarterbacks, but there's so much more to this game than the quarterbacks, including the trenches, folks. We're talking offensive line and defensive line for both teams. This is where the game, I believe, will be won. No matter who wins this game, it's going to come down to those fronts. And we're going to start with the Chiefs. Let's start with the Chiefs' defensive front. You have Chris Jones, Frank Clark, George Karloffis, uh, Carlos Dunlap, Mike Dana, uh, Khalil Saunders, and I mean, those guys get after it. I mean, Dana had a really good game against Cincinnati. Obviously, Chris Jones did. Frank Clark's been playing well in the postseason. He always comes to life in the postseason. Shark, the Clark. He's Frank Clark, the Shark. He always smells blood in the water, as they say. You have George Kalarfus, who is the rookie who's been playing fabulous as well. Carlos Dunlap is the leader. Not the leader, I should say, but the veteran on this team that helps out as well. So this defensive front is underrated, but they can get after it. Obviously, Chris Jones is the, Chris Jones is the star of this team for the front seven, and that's fine. But there's other players out there that can make some plays for this defense. Now you move to the offensive line for the Chiefs. You have Creed Humphreys, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown Jr., and Andrew Wiley. Now, obviously, the weakling is Andrew Wiley, and I think the Eagles will try to exploit this. But here's the thing. Creed Humphreys, Trey Smith, and Orlando Brown are fabulous players. Joe Tooney is a great run blocker and pass blocker. So you have four great uh, blockers for this offensive line. You have Andrew Wiley, who can be hit or miss at times, and it's going to need to be the good Andrew Wiley for this game because he's going to have his hands full with those players for the Eagles defense up front with Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, and not to mention Hassan Reddick, who, in my mind, literally took over the game for the 49ers. He could have won Defensive Player of the Year because of the way he's been playing for the Eagles. He he was after it against that 49ers front, and that's where Andrew Wiley's going to have to step up was when Hassan Reddick is on that side. I think they're going to try to get Hassan Reddick on Andrew Wiley majority of this game, and you're going to see a lot of chipping and all of this from the Chiefs to slow down Hassan Reddick. Now, if you move to the offensive line for the Eagles, you have Jason Kelsey, uh, you have Landon Johnson, Jordan Milota, Landon Dickerson, Isaac Samoa, so, 
It's going to be a very, very good game. It's going to be awesome. Jason Kelsey is such a beast at center. Like we talk about Travis all the time as Kansas City fans. But Jason Kelsey is a center that can play so well. And it's fabulous to see him out there. I mean, against the Giants, he put Dexter Lawrence on his butt with one arm, guys. This is what I'm talking about. He can do things that you're not supposed to as a center. They pull him majority of the time. He is so good at what he does as a center, and that makes him so good. Lane Johnson, who's questionable for this game, is going to play. They've already said it. He's going to play. He's going to have a huge brace on, and I still think he's going to be a big factor for this Eagles front seven, front offensive line. They are so good at the offensive line and with their defensive line that it's going to cause havoc. That's why it's going to be so crucial not only for Chris Jones to play well, but I need to see Frank Clark play well. I need to see Mike Dana play well. Those guys have to step up because obviously the main priority for the Eagles is to slow down Chris Jones. Who's going to step up for the defense of line for the Chiefs to get after the quarterback? Another key to the game is can the Chiefs stay home and contain the option plays that the Eagles will run with Hurts. Listen, the Eagles will run speed option, read option, RPOs, run pass options, if you don't know what that means. They will run all these at you. Will the Chiefs stay home, stay contained? We're looking at Frank Clark. We're looking at the defensive ends for the Chiefs to play well, and they've got to stay at home and stay contained. George Kalafis, they've got to play well. You also got to see those linebackers, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, stay home and read the eyes of the quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Those are going to be the big problems right there for the Chiefs defense is these options. I mean, they've got so many weapons in that backfield when it comes to the Eagles. You have Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth uh, Gainwell, and then you also have Jalen Hurts, to not mention that. So they've got to find a way to figure out a way to contain these and make sure that when they have those option plays going, they are at home and they can stop it and let those men in the middle feast on a read option, let him hand it off to the running back, and then it's going to be a swarm to get him on the ground on the inside. So you've got to stay home when it comes to Jalen Hurts. And that's even in the passing game, man. There's going to be a QB spy majority of the time, I bet you, when it comes to them passing, just because the legs of Hurts is so threatening to the defense of the Chiefs. Another key to this game is going to be... it's not. It's clock management. Let's be real. It's clock management for Andy Reid. Andy Reid has that time and the tendency to lose the clock management of sorts, and it hasn't happened as much when it's with my man Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback era, but you've got to figure a way to do it. It happened against Cincinnati a little bit. You get that interception in the uh, late in the second quarter, right before the two-minute warning, and instead of running the football and kicking a field goal, they throw the ball three different times, hold the ball for only 35 seconds, give the ball back to Cincinnati, then Cincinnati goes down the field and kicks a field goal right before halftime. Those are the little things that you have to fix if you're going to beat the Eagles because the Eagles do have a better roster, all-around roster, than the Chiefs. But it's the majority of this is going to also have to do with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Can Andy Reid figure a way to not let the clock be the factor of this game? Run the football when you can, take some clock off, and hand the ball off. It doesn't have to be the Patrick Mahomes show the whole game. Let the others cook. Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, I mean, these dudes can play. Let them cook as well. Now, another thing that's going to be a key is how aggressive will Sirianni be? Nick Sirianni has been so aggressive throughout the whole year, and I don't think he should slow down now. He's gone for it the most in the NFL on fourth downs, and I don't think he needs to slow this down. You've got to play 
with house money in a sense. The reason I say house money is there's no more games after this this weekend. You're going for the Lombardi Trophy. Go for it all. Keep going for it, especially if it's in Kansas City territory and it's less than six yards. I think the Eagles need to go for it. You have Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the field. Go for it. Don't play scared. Don't play don't play within yourself. Don't change what's got you here, Nick Sirianni. Keep going for it and do that. Because I think that's the way you win this game is you control the football, but you be aggressive and you keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. Now, this is the, the big question, I think, really, what's going to go forward here. Whose playmakers will step up? Whose playmakers will win the one-on-one battles when it happens? Because let's be real. The Chiefs are going to bring a blitz, and they're going to go cover zero. Can the Eagles win those one-on-ones, and can Jalen Hurts get the ball off? Well, let's look at the keys and the playmakers that the Eagles have. First off, you have Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. We've already talked about them. Those are the three running backs. They have a three-headed running back. Monster. Then you have A.J. Brown, the star, the one they traded for during the draft. Then you have Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Dallas Godert. Now, Ga- Dallas Godert is the tight end. You have Devontae Smith, who is a uh, second pick, or excuse me, second year player. You have Quez Watkins, who's played very well for him, underrated. And then obviously the star of the show is A.J. Brown. Who can win those one on one battles? I'm looking at Devontae Smith, and I'll get into that a little bit later more about it. But I think Devontae Smith can win some one on one battles against this secondary, young secondary of the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs playmakers are simple. Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marvez Valdez-Scantley, obviously. You got Tony, and you got Sky Moore. It's going to be a very, very interesting matchup to see how much they go with Tony out there. Because remember, Tony has a hurt ankle. Will he play as much? Will he even be a factor in this game? And another thing, Sky Moore, man. Sky Moore finally got the thing off his shoulder. That's what it means the most, I think, right there. Sky Moore finally got the little chip off his shoulder with the punt returns and all that when he returned the last two punts in the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati. The first one, he did real well with. He got 20 yards. The second one, he got 25 yards up, and that's what set up the really good plays to happen. He set up Patrick Mahomes to get into field goal range to get us the game-winning field goal. Now, Kadarius Tony. The factor is he's a, he's a shifter. Like he's he's so fast, so so mobile, so agile. He breaks tackles. How much of a factor will he be? And then obviously you have Travis Kelsey. I mean, Travis Kelsey's the man, the myth, the legend, the player that everyone's going to have circled on the Eagles defense. Where is he at all times? Are they going to chip him? Are they going to nudge him? Are they going to get him off his route? Are they going to double team him? It's going to be interesting to see how they guard Travis Kelsey throughout this game. I think they're going to double-team the majority of the time, and they're going to try to get someone else to beat this team. And then the other thing, a thing that no one really talks about, it's special teams. Everyone wants to talk about the offense and defense, but the special teams are a huge factor into who wins games. Whose kicker is going to kick better? Whose punter is going to pin them deep inside the 10-yard line? Those are what's going to happen. You've got to find little little nippets here and there in a Super Bowl to find a victory and a win. So it's going to come down to when it, you have to punt. Can you punt it inside the 10 and not in the end zone for a touchback? On field goals, how many touchbacks do you get? Do you let them return the kick? You've got to find ways to make this game feel like it's on the offense and defense. You don't want to have any mistakes on the special teams. A fumble will be costly. A penalty that could set you back after a huge return. That's what's going to be key to the victory for those kinds of plays on the special teams. Now let's move on to some stats 
of the game. Stats of the game. We're going to start with the Chiefs, but these are some great stats to know. Mahomes is the youngest quarterback to start three Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy enough. It's crazy enough to say, oh, wow, Mahomes has started five AFC championships at Arrowhead Stadium. But no, you take it further, and he's played in three Super Bowls. He's played in the last three of four Super Bowls, guys. That That's insane. Last year was the last... Last year was the first time in two years that he wasn't in the Super Bowl. And it was because of a great defensive half by the Cincinnati Bengals. And a, a really a really choke job by the Chiefs, too. But just shows how much power there is in this offense with Mahomes. And I know Tyreek Hill's gone. But guess what? They haven't really missed a beat. They haven't skipped a beat. They are still the Kansas City Chiefs from when Tyreek Hill was there. The only thing they're missing is that little chazazz and spark gadget where he can go deep and he can make those yak yards. Let's be real. Uh, Tyreek Hill was really the yak yardage. Like, he go deep and he could get the one-on-one, and he scared the defense over the top. But you also got to think he was making a lot of plays after the catch for the Chiefs and for Patrick Mahomes. Now, I do believe it helped last year that they were playing the two-man deep safety look were uh, teams because now Patrick Mahomes has seen it better and he has all these gadget or not gadget players he has all these weapons that are not all one one number one star they're all two or three stars that you can figure it out and guess what it's worked to their advantage and he's looked really well and that's why he's won MVP of the regular season a crazier stat 11 different players on the Kansas City Chiefs caught touchdown passes. It's tied for first with the Bills. That is crazy to me. So 11 different players for this Chiefs team has caught a touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes or even it's it's just it's just like that. Like you have you have Kelsey, you have MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Blake Bell, uh, Noah Gray, Jarek McKinnon. I'm telling you, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's going to be back for the game. So you have all these players that can catch passes. Jody Fortson. You have all these players that can catch passes and score touchdowns. That's what makes it such a versatile offense is because you have so many players that can step up when need be. And then another crazier step to me was this. Eight different players have rushed for a touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, which is second most for this uh, season in the NFL. I'm telling you, man, it's crazy enough to think about that. You think about it, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Isaiah Pacheco, and then Patrick Mahomes are the only three or four you think of, right? Well, then you got to think of maybe you have Michael Hardman. And so there's those kind of things that you just don't think about. It's crazy. Another stat that's huge for this team that's going to help is on the defensive side. They're ranked second with 55 sacks in the NFL, right behind the Philadelphia Eagles, of course. And we'll get into the Eagles, like I said, in a minute. They sacked Burrow five times. Now, obviously, Burrow had a whole lot more backups and a worse offensive line than the Philadelphia Eagles do. But still, getting after Joe Burrow was the key to the victory for the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship. And they have to make sure they prioritize prior prioritize it's 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 hard to do english in this world okay but they got to prioritize getting to jalen hurts as well also this defense is very underrated and it, it always gets better spags defenses always get better spagnola knows how to do it i mean he beat tom brady twice in a super bowl but let's think about this they haven't that defense for the kansas city chiefs hasn't allowed 24 points or more since week 14 they haven't allowed that many points at all since week 14, they're playing phenomenal. They're getting 
to the spots. This young core rookie defense of secondary has been playing phenomenal. They got to Joe Burrow, intercepted him twice to be exact. So this defense is getting better, and they look better and better each week. And now it's for the granddaddy of them all, the Lombardi Trophy. Also, Mahomes passed for 5,250 yards with 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, but he also ran for 358 yards with four touchdowns as well. So, obviously, we know how good Patrick Mahomes is, but I just wanted to give you those stats for him just because it shows he got to the 5,000-yard mark. He was only nine touchdowns away from hitting 50 touchdowns again. Also, this offense hasn't been held under... is Excuse me. The offense for this team has been held under 25 points just five times. So only five times this season have they been held under 25 points. So they're going to score points and they're going to score points on bunches. The best team that they faced, like the best defense everyone talked about was the 49ers. And guess what? They went right at the 49ers and they gave it to the 49ers. So I'm just saying this offense can score points and this defense is getting better and better. Those are some stats for the Chiefs, and now it's time for the Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles stats are crazy. They surrendered the second fewest yards per game in the NFL. Second, folks. They do not give up yards per game whatsoever. They don't like giving up yards. Their defense is so good. They have a great defensive front, and their secondary is a little bit underrated. At times, it can get shaky, but they play so well. Darius Slay out there as well. Darius Slay has had a great season for this Eagles team. They recorded 70 sacks, which is obviously the most in the NFL this season. But crazy enough, it's the most since the 1989 Minnesota Vikings. That's how good that defense up front was for this Philadelphia Eagles team. They were getting after the quarterback, and they were making sure they wrapped him up and took him to the ground. Now, here's the thing. Can this offensive line for the Chiefs play up and play well? Listen, they have... They, the Chiefs, have the second-best offensive line in the NFL right behind the Philadelphia Eagles. Can this offensive line block for Patrick Mahomes, giving him some time, or will it look like what happened three year, two years ago when the Chiefs played Tampa Bay and they got destroyed because they couldn't block for Patrick Mahomes? The two teams, these two teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, have combined for 125 sacks, which is the most in, in a big game between two teams in the Super Bowl ever. So listen to that again. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs combined for 125 sacks, which is the most between two teams in the Super Bowl ever. So this is going to be a slugfest. It's going to be about who can get to the quarterback and who can wrap him up. It's not about just getting to the quarterback. It's about bringing the quarterback to the ground. Can one team bring the quarterback to the ground more times than the other? And I'll say this. The Chiefs have their hands full because Jalen Hurts is so mobile, so limble. He can get through. I know Patrick Mahomes can move and stuff, but Jalen Hurts is literally so fast and can get out of the pocket so fast when he feels the pressure. That's going to be the hard part for the Kansas City Chiefs. Four different players recorded 11 sacks this season for the Eagles. Listen to that again. Four different players. Four. Four different players recorded 11 sacks for the the Eagles this season that's insane those four players only needed 11 more sacks combined to pass the Chiefs in sack totals so that's where it's at like that's how good this defense up front is for the Eagles I'm just going to keep nailing it man those Eagles defense up front is so good now Jalen Hurts he threw for 3,700 
in one yard. Get that one yard in there as well. With 22 TDs and six interceptions, while also running for 760 yards and 13 touchdowns. And remember, he has been injured. He was out a couple weeks. Gardner Minshew had a play. He was out for three weeks, and he still put up those numbers. He's the fourth quarterback in NFL history to top 3,500 yards and 700 yards rushing only behind, only to join Cam Noon, Kyler Murray, and Josh Allen. But he's the only one with a QBR rating north of 100. So he has surpassed even Josh Allen when it comes to this and uh, Cam Noon. So this guy is in a class of himself when it comes to the rating with his stats. So Jalen Hurts has been playing phenomenal. And I do believe if he did not get injured, it would have been a closer MVP than most people would give credit for. The Eagles went 14-1 and when Hurts started the season. 14-1. and They only lost one game when Hurts played. It was against the Commanders, and it was a lot of turnovers. So you have to get turnovers if you're the Chiefs on defense. The passing game was the second most with 25 yards or more. Listen to that again. The passing game was the second most with 25 yards or more. And guess who was first? The Kansas City Chiefs. Crazy enough, right? So this game can pass. They can pass, but they haven't been able to pass deep like they were before the hurt, before Jalen Hurts got injured. So they've got to they got to watch that, and that's what it's going to be about. It's going to be about the yak yards. That's why Devontae Smith could be a key to this team for victory. They ran the ball 544 times. That's the third most of any team, and their 148 yards per game rushing was fifth. So they're going to run the ball, and that's huge because they're going to need to run the ball when it comes to this kind of game, kind of style, because guess what? You want to run the football, you want to milk the clock, you want to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, and you can get the running game going. The Chiefs have been vulnerable at times against the run, but there's something about it that when you can see it happening, they will get after it. I mean, Chris Jones and uh, Saunders get after it. Nick Bone and Willie Gay are really good tacklers, not to mention Snead out there. You have Reed as well, so it's going to be great out there for this team and I think it's going to be a very big battle test and I think the Chiefs actually are going to want Jalen Hurts to throw the football more than run the football. Now let's get into something we I like to call the non-quarterback key players. So we know how important the quarterback is to both teams. Obviously they're the engine for their offenses but let's get into some players I think that are non-quarterback that need to have a big game for each team to win. And I'm going to start with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm not going Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's the uh, obvious one, right? Travis Kelsey's the obvious person to go with, but I'm not going with him. I'm going to go with, I'm going to call it one, one person, but it's really two. I'm going to go with the running back duo for the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco running the football, and then Jarek McKinnon receiving the football. These two running backs have made a really good clash together, a dynamic duo, because Isaiah Pacheco ran the ball for 830 yards and five touchdowns. He had three fumbles, lost two of them. He he had 13 receptions, 130 yards. So you can see he's not the third down back or when it comes to receiving the football on the passing game, he does not get it. He's the runner. Now, Jarek McKinnon, on the other hand, 56 receptions, 512 yards, five touchdowns. He is fourth, listen to this, fourth among all receiving players for the Chiefs when it comes to those stats and also he has 541 yak yards yak yards are yards after catch and he's second to Travis Kelsey so Jarek McKinnon is the running back that can catch the football out of the backfield but not only do that he can make some moves and get down the field after making the catch now on defense I'm going with one player one player only 
and I'm not going with a linebacker. I'm going with the nickel corner, Legereus Sneed. He is going to play. He has passed concussion protocol, and he has practiced all week this week in Scottsdale, Arizona. And guess what? I think he's a huge key player for this defense. He has 108 total tackles, 75 solo. He has three and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, 11 pass breakups, three interceptions, and three forced fumbles. Folks, this player, this player, I mean, Sneed man can go everywhere and be everywhere, folks. He can get after the quarterback. He makes open field tackles by himself. He is the, him and Nick Bone are the most secure tackler. When I see them one-on-one against a player, I know they're going to make the tackle or at least slow them down like they'll have them wrapped up and then other players will come in and get them. I'm telling you, those two know how to get on their feet square and lower their shoulder and make the tackle in the open field. And I think LeJarius Sneed can have a huge game because not only is he fast, but he's he is very limbo and he can maybe chase down Jalen Hurts once he gets outside the pocket. So look for LeJarius Sneed to make a huge impact in the passing game and when Hurts runs the football for the Eagles. Now moving on to the Eagles, I've got only two players, and I kept it easy and simple. On the offense, you could go A.J. Brown. I'm not. I'm going with Devontae Smith. Like I said, I think Devontae Smith is going to have can have a big game if it's the right way. Devontae Smith has 95 receptions, 1,196 yards, 7 touchdowns, 476 yards after catch. Those yak yards, man, are crucial. He is fast. He goes up and high points the ball. But the reason I'm going with Devontae Smith is I think the Chiefs are going to key on A.J. Brown, and they're going to make Devontae Smith beat him. And I think Devontae Smith can make them pay once in a while. I think Devontae Smith can make some screen screen catches and get up the field and make some misses. I think Devontae Smith can have a really big game against this young rookie core class in the secondary who have stepped up a lot but this is a different matchup because you think about it the reason I think not only did they have a huge success against Cincinnati was because of Spag's beautiful mindset and change of play philosophy when it came into the game against the Bengals but it also helped that Boyd went out for the Bengals we hate injuries but when Boyd went out that let Spags double team Higgins and double team Chase and that left one-on-one with the other players and he betted on them not to make them pay and I think this is where it's going to happen he's going to try to double team AJ Brown on most passing downs especially in the red zone and I think Devontae Smith is going to have to step up for this Eagles team if they want to win this game now on the defensive side you have CJ Gardner Johnson Listen, C.J. Gardner-Johnson coming from the New Orleans Saints, a trade that Roseman made, and it's paid off. Listen, he's a safety, he plays well, and I think he can have a very big game because he sometimes can trick Patrick Mahomes into some passes that you wouldn't see Mahomes making in regular season or in other games. Gardner-Johnson has 67 total tackles, 61 solo, 5 tackles for loss, 1 sack, 8 pass breakups, and 6 interceptions. He has a really good safety. The secondary at times can get distressed and look pretty, pretty, pretty beatable. You have Darius Slay out there, who's been phenomenal for this Eagles team. And you have CJ Gardner Johnson, who I think has stepped up huge. And what a trade to get him from the Saints. He's looked fabulous. And I think he could have a big game. Look at him being on Travis Kelsey with another player when they double team. And then also look at him maybe try to play with Cardarius Tony a little bit. So I think those those two players. Uh, with Tony and Kelsey is the reason I'm going with Gardner Johnson because he's going to have to step up and he's going to have to make some plays and we're going to see what happens with that game because he's going to have to make those plays happen 
because someone's going to have to slow down Patrick Mahomes other than the defensive front because you know Patrick Mahomes isn't going to let the defensive front for the Eagles be the reason he loses the Super Bowl. All right, we're on to prediction time. And I did it differently this time. It's the Super Bowl. It's the big game. So I asked some of my friends. I wanted their prediction before I gave out my prediction. So I've got some of my friends' prediction, and I'm going to rate their prediction 1 through 10. And here we go. First up is Aaron. A.A. Ron is what we like to call him. He said he doesn't know the score. He doesn't know the score, but he believes Patrick Mahomes leads a game-winning drive. I will say this. I'll give him a 4 out of 10 for his prediction because he didn't give me a score, but I I do believe it could come down to a Patrick Mahomes game-winning drive, so I'll give him a 4 out of 10. Moving on to Dylan. Dylan here, he, he he's a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Um, he is living in Florida. Uh, I love you, Dylan. You're a great man. But listen, 35-17 Eagles is his score. I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10 for his prediction. The reason I'm giving him a 6 out of 10 is I don't think it's going to be that big of a spread, 35-17. I do think it is a toss-up for who wins, so it's not because of the Eagles that he picked that I I don't like this prediction. It's just 35-17 is a little bit extreme, and I don't think it'll be an 18-point spread. So 35-17 is a little too much there, Dylan. I'll give you a 6 out of 10. Now, Charles. Charles is my brother, literal brother, so... I'm giving you that because there's another name coming down named Charlie, and we'll get into that in a minute. But Charles, my brother, says 3128 Chiefs. He goes, it's been in my head nonstop. 3128 Chiefs. I'm going to give him an 8 out of 10 here. I like the score prediction. I like the spread. Three points is not bad. And it's been in his head nonstop, which is kind of weird. Maybe uh, maybe figure out something else to get in your head, bud. But 3128 Chiefs is not a bad pick, Charles. I like it. Moving on to Haley. Haley is my girlfriend, and she likes to be shout out a lot, but she has 30 to 27 Chiefs. I like the prediction just like I like Charles's. I'm going to give her a, I'll give her a same one as Charles. I'll give her an 8 out of 10 just because of the spread. 30 to 27 is a really good one. Hers and Charles are like right there, right next to each other, just a one point off. I like her prediction with the Chiefs winning. 30 to 27, I'll give her an 8 out of 10. Moving on to Graham, uh, Graham Sutherland. If you're listening to this, uh, you didn't give me a score prediction. You just gave me, you just said it's going to be a good game. And I think you were too busy in Florida chasing girls. But I think you would go with the Eagles, if I'm being honest. You're a Steelers fan, and you always pick, it seems like, against the Chiefs. So I bet you picked the Eagles if you would have gave me a prediction. And stop chasing the girls in Florida, my man. Moving on to, oh, oh, I'm going to give him a 1 out of 10, Graham. You get a 1 out of 10 because of your effort there. Not good. Moving on to Kevin. Uh, Kevin's a, a good man. He gave me two predictions, and I like it because he gave me he gave me two predictions because he has it going for both sides here. Like he said, it's going to be a great game. We've said it all day long, all morning, all podcast. I am recording this on Friday morning, so that's why I said morning. Listen, he has 28-21 Eagles or 31-28 Chiefs. I'm going to give him... Obviously, I already said it's an 8 out of 10 for the 31-28, but I'm going to give him, actually, I'm honestly going to give him a not, and I'm going to give him a 7.8, 7.5, excuse me, for the Eagles prediction, just because I don't think it's going to be a touchdown. It's going to be, it is going to be a touchdown score, but I don't think you can score 
uh, all, t- uh, all touchdowns. So that's the only reason I'm giving it a 7.5 is because he went with all touchdowns. I think there will be a field goal there, one or two field goals made. So that's why I go there. Chris goes 30, or excuse me, goes 28-21 Chiefs. So once again, a 7.5 just because I don't think both teams just score touchdowns. I think there will be a field goal here or there. Now moving on to Charlie. Now Charlie is my brother from another mother. He goes to UCM. We're both in the DMP industry going into that as our major. We both graduate this May. Shout out to you, Charlie. Love you, Charlie Martin. He goes 34-21 Chiefs. And as much as I want to agree with this, I can't. It's too much for me. I'm going to give him a 6. No, I'm going to give him a 5. five. I'm going to give him a 5. I hate to do it to you, Charlie, but 5. Just because it's a it's a 13-point spread, and I don't like the spread that much. I think it's going to be closer than that. I like I like the pick for the Chiefs, but I'm just not a fan of the spread. Moving on to Jacob Elliott. Jacob Elliott goes back in time with me. A lot of these uh, people go back a lot. Most of them graduated high school with, played football with. Then there's some others that I know just because I'm that cool and I just find friends out there in low places and... We just we just connect, so that's where I get all my friends from. Is just you have to be someone who goes out there and explores the world. You have to be out and going, and you have to make friends. And um, if you don't do that, it, it's not a fun life. So, if you're listening to this and you're having a bad day, go out, go find someone to hang out with, and go make some friends. Just make friends. It's fun to have friends in this world, especially when your when your life is tough. Go find friends and have some fun. Anyway, Jacob Elliott. He goes to Northwest Missouri State. Um, Bearcats, no, no, no Bearcats. I'm not a big fan of the Bearcats, obviously, as a mule. But he goes 31-24 Chiefs. I actually like this pick a lot. This pick right here is seven points. I I think it's a really good pick because, I, like I said about Kevin's being 28-21, I gave him a 7.5. It's because of not giving any field goals. Here, he gives a field goal out to each team. I'm giving him an 8.5 for it. So Jacob Elliott gets an 8.5 out of 10 for his pick for the Chiefs winning 31-24. Sean, once again, a high school oldie. He says Chiefs win 31-10. 31-10. And like I said about Dylan's pick, a little too much spread there. I'm going to give Sean a, a 4. I'm going to give Sean a 4. Because of the spread. Actually, scratch that. 3.5 for Sean because of it being a 21 spread. I don't see it happening. Moving on to Will. Now, Will, Will's, a, Will, Will's another brother of mine. Um, we go back a lot. Uh, he goes to Mizzou now, MIZ baby. And uh, we were high, we we known each other since middle school. And we, we stay close. He has Chiefs winning 27-20. Once again, another 8.5 just because of the spread. And I think... Honestly, if I had to, I would move Wills down to about an 8 just because I think the score will get into the 30s. So I'm going to move Wills down to an 8 and keep Jacob Elliott at an 8.5. Roman has 28-24 Chiefs. Roman obviously is uh, a good buddy of mine. He's also a DMP major. He is a junior, and he's also uh, my my side man when it comes to calling Crestridge games now for this semester. Uh, we're having a great connection with that. And he picked the Chiefs to win 28-24. I'm going to give him a – I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give him a 7.7. 7. 
And you're like, why are you giving him a 7.7 JT? Well, remember, I keep giving, uh, I gave Kevin and Chris a 7.5 because of 28-21, but he went 28-24. So he gave one team a field goal. I'm going to give him a 7.7, leaning towards the 8, but I think there's going to be two field goals made at least in this game. Moving on, we have Spencer. Spencer uh, is uh, my girlfriend's uh, brother. He's really cool. He uh, goes to Kansas, which is which is tough, but we get over it here in, in JT's world. Spencer has 37-34, but he doesn't know the winner. I love the prediction. I love the spread. I'm giving him a 6.5 because he didn't give me a team. I bet he's leaning towards the Chiefs more than the Eagles, but since he didn't give me a team, I'm going 6.5. Nathan um, didn't respond to me. Nathan Johnson's actually going to watch the game with me at my house this Sunday with a bunch of other people. But he didn't respond to me, but I know he's picking the Chiefs. We just don't know what the score would be for him. In that case, I'm giving him a 3.5 just because I'm going off the hedge that he's going to give me. The, he's going to say the Chiefs to win, and he didn't respond, so that's tough. Moving on to Kean Scroggins. Uh, Kean goes back to high school with me. He actually graduated the year after me. But uh, he's doing big and big and great things over at Sam Houston State University playing basketball. Uh, he has Chiefs winning 34-30. A great pick, actually. I like this pick a lot. And so I'm going to give him an 8, an 8.5 for his pick right there. Great pick. It's a great, uh, great pick. The spread's perfect. I think it's a great pick. When you go 3-4, to four, it's a beautiful pick right there. Natalie, Natalie Turner, um, she goes to Pitt State. I met her. Uh, last year when Haley, my girlfriend, went to Pitt State, and we just stayed friends. Uh, so she's I know she's a Chiefs fan. She's also a huge Cardinals fan, which is tough, I know, but she lives she lives over that way, and um, so she's also a huge OKC Thunder fan, so I give her props for that. She has the Chiefs winning 31-24. Like I said, seven point is a little tough, but I think I like how she gives both of them a field goal. I'm going to go with about... I'm going to go with about, I'm going to go seven. I'm going to go seven. Like I said, it's it's tough. I'm almost willing to move Kevin and Chris down to a 6.5 just because of the touchdown. So I'm actually going to do that. Move Chris and Kevin down to a 6.5. Then Natalie gets the seven right there in that middle of the seven-point range. I think it's a good one. I think it's going to go right there with an eight. I'm going to go with an 8.5 right there for her. So that's how it goes. Moving on. To my pick. All right, it's my pick time. My pick. Listen, I, I, I'm repping. I'm repping the Chiefs right now. Uh, recording this, wearing my Patrick Mahomes jersey. Obviously, got to wear the red on this last Red Friday of the season. It's going to be a fabulous game in Scottsdale, Arizona. The Chiefs are uh, ending the season where they started. Obviously, playing the Arizona Cardinals, but this time they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. You got the brothers going up against the brothers. We've talked about the headlines, and then obviously, who's going to win, JT? I've got the Chiefs winning 34-27. Obviously, if the Chiefs win, I've got Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP just because you don't see anybody besides the quarterback winning the MVP. But last year, you did see it happening with Cooper Cup winning it. But I do believe Patrick Mahomes wins MVP if the Chiefs win, especially if they score 34. I want to give it to Kelsey, but if Kelsey's getting touchdowns, that means Patrick Mahomes is throwing him the ball. So you got to give it to Mahomes. And then... If the Eagles win, obviously I think Jalen Hurts gets it. But but don't be surprised if the Eagles win the Super Bowl that it wouldn't be because of the run game so you could see Miles Sanders winning the MVP. 
but I'm sticking to my guns. I'm picking the Chiefs 34-27. As much as I want to say my pick's a 10 out of 10, of being homer and bias, it's not. I'm going to give it an 8 like I gave the others. Uh, it's an 8, It's an eight, and I think it's going to be a really good game. So let's go back through it. Aaron, I had to give a 4 because he didn't give me a true score. Dylan, I went with a 3.5 because of the spread, 35-17 Eagles. Charles, my real brother, 31-28. He has the Chiefs winning because it's been in his head nonstop. I'm giving him an 8. Haley goes 30-27 Chiefs. She gets an 8 as well. Graham gets a 1 because uh, I know he would pick the Eagles, but since he decided to give me a blank screen because he's with girls in Florida, he gets a 1. So there you go, Graham. Kevin, for his Eagles pick, he's getting a 7.5, and then he's getting an 8 for the Chiefs pick. And then Chris is getting the 7.5 as well because of the 7-point spread and no field goals. Charlie goes with the 13, and it begs me and it burns me to say it, but he gets a 6.5 because of the 13-point spread. You got Jacob Elliott, who's got 31-24, and they're going to get an 8. Jacob Elliott's going to get an 8. I'm actually moving the people with the field goal, so Charles, Haley, and Kevin, who picks the Chiefs, they're getting an 8.5. When you pick the 7-point, you're getting an 8. So Jacob Elliott gets an 8 because he went 34-20. 31-24 Chiefs. Sean goes 31-10, like I said, too much. Give him a 3.5. Will goes 27-20. Chiefs, he's going to get an 8. So right now, the 8.5 is the highest. Roman goes 28-24, so it's right between the 3 and right between the 7. I'm going to give him an 8.3. Uh, actually, actually, scratch that. He's getting a 7.7 because, remember, he picked the Chiefs not to score a field goal, and I think the Chiefs is going to kick a field goal once. Then Spencer goes 37-34. Once again, I think this is a really good one. I'm actually going to give Spencer uh, an 8.3. An 8. Five. I'm almost leaning to go up a little bit, but I don't think it's going to get that high of a score. 37-34. Nathan didn't give me a pick, but I know he's picking the Chiefs. I'm going to give him a 3.5. Kean goes Chiefs 34-30. He gets it like he gets he now gets where everyone should be. He gets an 8.3 right there, right between the the three and the seven point spread. Natalie. Gets an 8 because she goes 31-24 Chiefs. And then I get an 8 as well because I go 34-27. Crazy enough is there's not many, there is not a single person on here that matched besides Jacob Elliott and Natalie. They they both matched at 31-24. Other than that, we have different scores throughout here. So that is crazy to me that we all picked different scores besides two of us. And there is a bunch of us that picked there was about 20 of us that I got to pick. It's actually 18. But to have that happen and only two of them match and score is crazy. All righty, guys. I mean, what a show. It's just a podcast. It's been fun. I'm not editing this or anything. I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to send it off to my man Joe, and he's going to send it out. And then we're going to listen to it, man. Have some fun. Listen to it like on Saturday or Sunday right before the Super Bowl. Get to hear what I think is going to happen. And then here's some of my friends' picks, man. It's going to be fun. And like I said, it's going to be a little odd next week just because I have another Crestridge game on Tuesday, which is when I have my radio show. So I won't have another radio show on Tuesday. And I'll figure a way to maybe get a podcast out like this one next week so we can maybe talk about the NBA tread deadline and also the recap of the Super Bowl. 
But until next time, I'm JT Noah, the host of Just Talking Sports, and your home of the Super Bowl recap right there, or excuse me, Super Bowl preview from his vision. I wish all of you the greatest. Enjoy the Super Bowl. This is going to be one of the better Super Bowls we've had in a while. I don't hate, I don't care. Like, obviously, I want the Chiefs to win, but I don't care if the Eagles win. It upset me, but it's not like, oh, man. It's not like when we were going up against the Bengals where there was an edge. This is going to be a great game. The Kelsey, man, the Kelsey family can't lose in a sense. Only Travis and Jason can. And I just, I hope you enjoy this game. You have fun. And spend it with family and friends, man. Have a great one. Like I said, I'm JT Noah, signing off from Just Talking Sports. Have a great one, guys.